This podcast is part of the Tremula Network, adventure and outdoor podcasts off the beaten track. To find out more, head to tremula.network or find us on socials. Seize Your Adventure is part of the Tremula Network, adventure and outdoor podcasts off the beaten track. You're listening to Seize Your Adventure, the podcast that shares stories of adventure and outdoor living with epilepsy. It's definitely the part where you know you're doing something solid when uh, <laughs> well, you get big metal spikes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hello, adventurers. Fran here, and today's story is a small epic of a tale. It starts on the other side of the world. It includes some dramatic moments and some aspirations achieved. I also had to download a beep sound to censor some swear words in this episode, and you'll soon understand why. This is the story of my first 30 at 30 challenge. This is my ice climbing adventure. As you know, between now and next May, I'm trying out 30 different adventure sports whilst I'm 30 years old. I'm hoping to work closely with the providers of the activities to teach them about the condition and I want to try and get 87 people affected by epilepsy involved so that's both people with the condition and their loved ones. I'm doing this to try and encourage more people with epilepsy to get involved in adventure. So why ice climbing? One reason is that I'm trying out some of the sports that contributors to seizure adventure already do. Some of you out there will be familiar with a gentleman called Alex Staniforth. Alex was plagued by adversity and epilepsy as a child and has gone on to do some extraordinary things, including attempting to climb Everest on two occasions. The first time he tried was when he was 18 years old, which is quite incredible. So ice climbing is partly inspired by Alex. But there is a backstory to this challenge. The year was 2008. I was 18 years old myself then, and I didn't quite take on Everest, but I did have an adventure of my own, and I spent four months in New Zealand. So whilst I was there, I visited Franz Josef, which is famous for the glacier in the valley there. These days, the effects of climate change can be seen because the glacier has shrunk considerably, and there is no way to walk up to it. But 12 years ago, when I was 18, I hiked up to the glacier, strapped some considerable crampons onto my feet and spent a morning hiking across the ice. It was the middle of summer and there was such a contradiction between the sun warming me from above and the ice cooling me from the ground. I remember looking into blue melt holes where the water trickled away like those things where you put a coin in the top and it swirls round and round until it plops down the dark hole in the bottom. I had such fun walking across that glacier and then that afternoon I had nothing to do. But there was an ice climbing wall in Franz Josef. And because the weather was so nice, they had a good weather discount. 50% off and you'd get a free beer. So even though I wasn't much of a beer drinker at the time, I spent hours in there with the instructor trying to figure out the technique and I never quite made it to the top. But afterwards, as I was sat alone in the sun, sipping that free beer, 
I knew that I wanted to do ice climbing again. So 12 years later, it had to go on my list of 30. But I thought that this might be one of the harder challenges to arrange. I live near London, a place that's not really known for its glaciers or icy mountains. I thought I'd have to jet off to another country, brave the cold on the remote side of a mountain, and obviously contend with all the extra risks there might be in that situation from having epilepsy. But after doing a bit of research, I learned that there are actually a few indoor ice walls in the UK. And the team at Ellis Brigham Mountain Sports invited me along to try a session at their indoor wall called Vertical Chill. So instead of being one of the hardest challenges to arrange, it became one of the easiest ones. I spent some time on my actual 30th birthday climbing a wall of ice in the middle of London, which is just so cool. It looked just like any mountain store. There was no hint of what was hiding in there. I went down the stairs to the back of the basement and there, by the changing rooms, I finally saw it, this chimney of ice. As I was trying to squish my face against the cold glass to see the top of the wall, my instructor Tom rather embarrassingly came out and saw me. He handed me over the waiver form, and as we heard in the last episode, this was the perfect chance to tell Tom about my epilepsy. And for once, this conversation was actually really easy, because when it came to mentioning my care plan and in case of emergency... I could turn and point to my boyfriend who'd come into London with me that day. So usually I do things solo. My boyfriend is not into this adventure lifestyle. So he was going to be very bored for the next hour of my birthday whilst he watched me climb. And he no doubt was imagining the lovely dinner we had planned at a Spanish restaurant afterwards. I, on the other hand, had to get kitted out. So they provided all the kit for me, which included hefty stuff, some proper chunky mountaineering boots and the very pointy crampons. It's definitely the part where you know you're doing something solid when uh... (laughs) you get big metal spikes. Yeah, yeah. And they also gave me a helmet and a visor. While we're in the war, if you keep the helmet on the whole time we're in there... Um, the helmets have got visors, you don't sort of have to use them if you don't want to, um, but we sort of recommend that you do use the visors because when you're hitting into the ice, sort of bits of ice and things off the wall will come out at you. There was a section on the form where you can sign a waiver and refuse to wear the visor, and I soon saw why. The visor was massive. I found it really difficult to look where I was putting my feet and I kept forgetting it was there and would hit it with the rope. At one point I nearly lost my helmet because I got the visor caught on the rope. It was just a pain to be honest but it was a bit of a necessary evil for me because several of my misjudged swings sent a sizable block of ice off the wall. They also gave me some trousers and a lovely downfield jacket to keep me warm. It's quite cold here. It's about minus five, minus six. Um, Once you get climbing, you'll heat up pretty quickly. That noise you can hear now uh, is the fan which sort of regulates the temperature. Okay. Um, There's nothing to be alarmed about, but it is quite sudden when it comes on. That jacket was where I stored my microphone during the session, so you might hear a few of the crackles and rustles as I hit it against the wall. And I was ready to go. 
we stepped through the refrigerator door and Tom talked me through the correct technique for ice climbing. When you swing the axe, you kind of want to swing and a little flick of the wrist at the end. Okay. So that just gets the point to bite a little bit better. What yeah. you don't want to do is just hammer, because then all you do is just break the ice away. You're not going to get any sort of purchase or any grip with it. Yeah. So just swing with a little flick of the wrist, kind of like as if you were throwing a dart or using a whip, like that kind of flick. Um, so with the axes, you want them about shoulder width apart. And then when you place your feet, you want them slightly wider, so you end up kind of like an A-frame type shape. Okay. So that gives you nice sort of nice balance, stability. So I'm saying five points of contact. First two are the axes, second two are your feet, mm-hmm. and then the fifth one's going to be your hips. So you bring your hips in towards the wall. Okay. So with the feet, when you're kicking, you want to kick with your heel slightly down. So you can see that one front spike there is mm-hmm. the one that's going to be taking all your weight. It's going to feel a little bit odd because it's quite weird trusting all your weight just on this one little spike. Yeah, but the yeah. part that's a mental thing, you just have to sort of trust that it will hold. So as you go up to the wall, so from here, where you've got sort of like pockets and ledges and stuff, feel free to use that. One, two, if you're not sure about an axe, just pull down on it. If it holds, it should be fine. Mm-hmm. From there, you want straight arms and you want to hang on those axes with your arms straight. So you lock out your arms, all the weight goes through there. You want to avoid being like that with the bent arms because otherwise all the weight's going through your muscles in your arms here. And you'll tire out much more quickly. Mm-hmm. So straight arms, look down and place your feet a little bit wider than your shoulders. One, two, from here, you push up with the legs and bring your hips in towards the wall. So from there, straight arm. One, if you're not sure about it, hit it again in the same place. Two, again, hips out, straight arm, look down. One, two, and push up. Bring your hips in towards the wall again. Okay. And then sort of repeat, really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one, two, one, two push, repeat. Simple. I clipped myself into the rope and began to work my way very slowly up the ice wall. Okay, let's go. I swung the axe back in my right hand. And I tried to bring it forward again with that flick of the wrist. There you go, bite my form. A little bit like Indiana Jones with a whip. And then I tried it with my left axe. Let's do it rather than sort of how hard you hit them, it's kind of do with the speed that you do it. So the faster you swing the axe, the better it's going to bite. Okay. Whoa, that was the exact opposite of what you just said. Let's <laughs> try that again. Good. So if you're sort of happy with how solid they are, hang off those axes, straight your arm, hang off. Yeah, good foot. Now repeat. First axe. Second axe. First foot. Second foot. Push with my body, pressed against the wall. (laughs) So I did this a couple of times, and then when I was a fair few feet up and started to feel like I was just getting the hang of things...
My axes actually held solid, but I hadn't kicked that spike into the wall at the right angle. My foot slid out of the ice and I was hanging by my arms. I could almost hear the dramatic score behind me. But because of Tom and the rope that he was holding, I was of course completely safe the entire time. I'd like to say that that was the only time I fell off the wall, but I fell off again. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Hang on. <laughs> Right, let's uh, try that again. And probably a few more times after that, if I'm honest. And yes, it made me swear a bit, but you can hear me laughing every time as well. But it really was tiring work using all of your body to do that. And as I was resting between climbs, Tom and I had a chat about my challenge and doing adventures with epilepsy. But remember that fan that he talked about? Yeah, in 2017 I did the... It came on right in the middle of our chat. So that whole conversation is not audible, I'm afraid. But I can tell you that he asked me some great questions about how I manage my epilepsy what I would have to consider if I were to go ice climbing outdoors. Tom was super chilled, um, I didn't intend that pun, um, about working with me. He asked some really great questions and he was really interested in just sharing his sport and getting more people involved. When I started climbing again, after a bit of a break, um, I was starting to get the, the swing of the ice axe of a little flick to bite into the wall and I could trust that they would hold. It was so satisfying when I was starting to, to get the technique with my feet and legs. I was slowly getting closer to the top of that wall. I could see at the top there was a, a little bell that I would ring to signal my victory if I got there. But after nearly an hour of climbing, my legs began to cramp up, my arms gave out, and I never made it to the top of that wall again. But even though it was very tiring, and even though I didn't make it to the top, and even though I was really quite bad at it, I still had such fun. And Vertical Chill was absolutely the perfect place for me to try that challenge. It provided a controlled environment to try a sport that becomes a lot more risky when it's out in the field. And even better, it meant that after I'd finished, I could just pop into the changing room and get ready for my nice birthday dinner. I think that the folks in the store were all a bit surprised to suddenly see me walking around in my fancy dress rather than the outdoor gear everybody else was wearing. I can absolutely recommend ice climbing to you. Vertical Chill has indoor ice walls in both London and Manchester. Prices start at £35 for experienced climbers. The Learn to Climb session, which is the one I had, would cost you £60. It lasts for one hour and that includes one-to-one tuition and equipment hire. Uh, Ellis Brigham gave me my session for free, which was a really nice birthday present. And it does mean that I could bring you this podcast today. 
this type of support from places like Vertical Chill, it allows me to to open up that conversation about getting epilepsy and adventure and it allows me to spread some awareness and also try out some of these challenges, not just for fun, although it is obviously fun, uh, but also to try and give you some useful information as well. So obviously Seizure Adventure is currently the only place that the adventure community and the epilepsy community crosses over. And if you'd like to support me in making sure that we can get more people with epilepsy into adventure in a safe and accessible way, you can support me in a couple of ways. So the first thing is I really like it when you just share the comments, share the posts, tell me what you think of the episodes and make sure that I'm doing what you need me to do. And you can actually help me financially as well. So on the seizureadventure.com website, you can either make a donation and that money would come directly to me. It goes towards aspects such as the web hosting. It pays for things like my internet, and it also pays for the time that I spend on making this podcast. Um, Or you can actually purchase some things on the website as well. If you haven't got one of the enamel mugs, then make sure you go and grab one of those because they are actually running out now. So you should get one quick. If you'd like to join me on another one of my 30 adventures, please head to my personal website, francescatarauskas.co.uk. You can see what the other adventures are and you can tell me if you're interested in any of them. I really hope that today's episode was exciting, useful or possibly inspiring to you. Thank you very much for listening and until next time, safe adventures everyone. This podcast is part of the Tremula Network, adventure and outdoor podcasts off the beaten track. To find out more, head to tremula.network.